Welcome to I Want That, which is an ongoing series here at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network, a show that focuses on the dynamic world of Disney merch. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and with me tonight is Disney expert Michelle Valladolid. Michelle, come on in. Hi, Jim. Hey there. And folks, we are recording this on Sunday, December 27th, 2020. And I sincerely apologize for the lag between episodes here, folks, but just to cut to the chase here, um, we had a death in the family. My father and Alice's granddad, uh, Frank Robert Hill, passed away on Saturday, December 19th, just three days after his 89th birthday. Um, Mind you, it wasn't unexpected. Dad had been dealing with some pretty serious health issues over the past few years. Uh, but even so, his death came as kind of a shock. Um, anyway, uh, if you folks like the stories you hear in the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network, you honestly have Frank Hill to, to thank for that. He's the, the guy who sent me down this very weird career path. Uh, Dad's the guy who taught me how to spin a yarn. He's also the one 50 years ago this year who drove our entire family from Massachusetts all the way out to California uh, so we could then experience Disneyland Park. There were a few national parks in the middle there, Uh, but it it was honestly that visit that launched my interest in the history and the backstory of the place. And um, I could tell you all sorts of stories about my dad, how uh, because he was the principal of the primary school in the very small town that I grew up in, Maynard, Massachusetts, uh, my dad was a genuinely beloved figure. My, my mom, too. She taught kindergarten in the exact same school that my dad was a principal at for decades. Um, but instead of me well, uh, wait, talking about was, this, I won't. He was Go Santa, away. too. Yeah, he was Santa. Um, in fact, what was kind of interesting about uh, Maynard, at least when I was growing up, is that it was where the Digital Equipment Corporation, uh, which, you know, uh, for those of you know, your your computing history, they were the folks who created the first desktop uh, publishing system, I want to say the Rainbow, um, back in the day. And, um, you know, there was a time when they were literally head-to-head with IBM as far as, you know, battling for the future of com- future computers. Uh, you know, it wasn't until the Apples came along that, you know, digital, uh, you know, kind of fell by the wayside. But um, the interesting thing is that my dad, every year um, for Christmas, he had this wonderful Santa Claus suit that he'd put on, and he'd then go out and he would supervise the crosswalk from... Uh, that led to Green Meadow School. And all of these digital employees, you know, who were driving by on, you know, and this was typically, I want to say, the Friday before kids were released to go for Christmas vacation. And so all these digital employees would drive by in their car. And and one year, uh, my dad got dressed up in there, but there was an emergency at the school. He couldn't be out on the crosswalk. And, you know, so he's in his office dealing with this emergency and the phone rings and its secretary, you know, gets kind of big eyed and leans into my dad's office and goes, it's Ken Olson on the phone. And Ken Olson was the president and founder of Digital Equipment Corporation. And it's like, okay, my dad gets on the phone and it's, hi, Ken, what can I do for you? And it's like, where were you this morning? 
You know, that's, that's, that's all of my employees are complaining that they didn't see Santa Claus on the way into work. This is a holiday tradition. Where were you? So, uh, yeah, he, he, he very much enjoyed that. That, you know, he, he that not only, you know, was something kids enjoyed, but the, the larger town and more to the point, the people who worked in Maynard. But, and he and your mom um, looked like Mr. and Mrs. Santa, and he made little wooden toys. He did. He did. In fact, uh, that's, I, I want to bring up that something uh, our daughter Alice uh, posted on Twitter last week. And it reads, just found out that my Ganky passed away. That's, by the way, what the Hill family grandchildren called my dad, Ganky. Uh, that's also what my dad called his own grandfather, the original Frank Robert Hill. Um, anyway, getting back to what Alice wrote, it was a long time coming and a relief to him, but still startling. He was a woodworker had a principal, and had a playground named after him. It gave you a hell of a lot of splinters. Uh, Alice then showed off uh, a photo of a, a tulip that my dad made for her. Uh, he, she goes on to say he made a lot more impressive and detailed works. He hand-carved little merry-go-rounds for every table at my he and my grandmother's 50th wedding anniversary celebration. He carved furniture, uh, carved me furniture in the Quaker style when I was a little kid. Uh, Genki had some very funny, interesting, but maybe not true stories about spending his youth in an Irish bike gang. Um, he played banjo and then gave me his banjo. I'm going to miss him very much. And I'll always appreciate that he let me play with power tools to make my own toys in an age when I absolutely should not have been allowed to. Thanks, Genki. Um, I, I per I personally had a, a similar experience when I was a little kid. Uh, Dad took me out in the garage and, under his close supervision, uh, helped me build things like my very first animation stand uh, and my very first real Disney collectible, which was a recreation of the birdhouse that Archimedes the Owl lived in, uh, in Sword in the Stone. Um, it says an awful lot about this former Marine that when people learned of his passing last week, the typical comment, uh, you know, and again, 89 years old, uh, typical comment was he was gone too soon. Uh, thanks, Dad. Thanks for everything. Uh, you'll definitely be missed. And now, for the worst transition in the history of podcasting, uh, let's talk about how I'm going to miss my late father. Let's go from talking about how I'm going to miss my late father to how I missed out on the McDonald's, the, the latest McDonald's, Happy Meal toy set. This is, had you heard about this? The Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway yes, Happy Meal I toy thing. Yes, and I missed out on it, and I finally got there and ordered a Happy Meal and got sold. Yeah, well, see, okay. Here's the thing, folks. Um, back on November seventeenth, at McDonald's around the country, um, there was this ten toy set that was launched that was supposed to, supposed to celebrate Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad. Uh, oh, excuse me, Runaway Railway. Um, that replacement for the great movie ride opened on March 4th at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, unfortunately, just 12 days later, COVID forced the entire Walt Disney World Resort to close. And uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios wouldn't then reopen until July 15th, which was one day shy of being closed for four months. Um, now, Michelle, as the story has been told to me, McDonald's was supposed to have these Happy Meal toys to celebrate Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway available to customers in the late spring, early summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but because the parks were closed to the public during that same period, 
Uh, McDonald's opted to hold back the launch of this Disney-related campaign six months or so. Um, so, like I said, you know, uh, the, the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway-related campaign launches on November 17th, but then pauses six days later, um, reportedly, because, again, this set of 10 toys, uh, which, by the way, links up to former train, uh, featured a QR code that said, enter by August 31st. Yeah. Um, evidently, there was this sweepstakes, this hop aboard to win sweepstakes component that evidently the executives at McDonald's had let slip their mind. Uh, so Uh-oh. the idea is that if you scanned the QR code, you were automatically eligible to win a Walt Disney World vacation. And um, so, you know, now there are all these people who have expired QR codes and it's like, oh, so anyway, things get paused on November 23rd, uh, which, by the way, seriously ticks off Happy Mill toy collectors uh, who were only part of the way toward collecting the 10 toys they needed to make their train. Uh, and the promotion starts back up a few days later with a whole brand new set of QR codes that can now be distributed with these toys. Uh, but the damage is kind of done at this point. Uh, a lot of the franchisees around the country are confused about what to do. So some of them don't you know, just stop doing the campaign entirely and switch to the next set of toys. Um, and right now, if, if you're a, a, you know, a Happy Meal collector or a Disney enthusiast, honestly, your only option, because the I, I want to say the, uh, the campaign ended... Uh, December 14th or thereabouts, uh, your only option is go to eBay, uh, where individual cars right now are selling for as low as $4.99 with $3.69 shipping, uh, whereas full sets can be had for as low as $35.99 with uh, $9.99 shipping charge. But again, these are all very active bidding situations. Um uh, by the way, there is some good news. I did reach out to folks at Disney and also McDonald's to, to find out what uh, what was going to happen here. And they immediately defaulted to, okay, remember that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is going to open at Disneyland Park uh, in the near future. Uh, by the way, as I understand it, was supposed to open in uh, 2022 as part of Mickey's Toontown. Uh, that's since been pushed to 2023 again because of COVID. Uh, but supposedly, as part of that, they will revisit the train idea. Um, did you, by the way, did you get to see any of the toys, Michelle? No, or? just online. Okay. Okay. No, they were very cute. I mean, they 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 had you know one of Donald in a mad teacup spinning around, and uh, they had Daisy in a, ze- uh, a vehicle supposedly from soaring around the world. You know, so where I she twirled around. in the Tower of so, Terror. That was clever. All right. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I, I can't get there, folks. They're not willing to, to, you know, chase things on eBay, you know, come 2023. There'll be a different train, uh, supposedly one that celebrates, you know, all of the vehicles and such for the, at the Disneyland Resort or in California Adventure and Disney, the classic Disneyland. Um, but as as you mentioned, Michelle, um, starting on December 15th, uh, McDonald's around the country began offering toys for Seoul. Uh, which one did you get, by the way? I got the uh, sign twirler guy. 
Ah, Moonwind Star Dancer. Yes. Moonwind um, Star Dancer. How, do, how did I not yep. remember that name? Well, speaking of which, did did you actually watch Soul yes. when it debuted on Dis- Disney Plus? Yes. And and what did we think? I loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anything in particular? You know, I mean, did you love the film as a whole, or were there there individual elements or characters that you liked? What? It was it was more of a whole thing. I loved the film mm-hmm. as a whole. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, you know, for me, I'm always fascinated um, when uh, you know a new animated feature comes out, and you watch the Walt Disney Company figure out how they're going to sell this. And, you know, especially on the consumer parks, uh, consumer products, parks and experiences side of things. And what's really interesting is that, you know, there's about a tenth of a second shot in this movie of the Mr. Mitten's soul, you know, heading up the great escalator. And uh, literally, but there are... I, I'm looking at right now a list of no less than 10 Mr. Mittens or Soul Cat products. We have a Mr. Mittens mug. We have a Mr. Mittens Soul Cat uh, mini beanbag uh, for eleven ninety nine. We have a Soul Cat t-shirt for women that I'm pretty sure, you know, Nancy and I will be springing for fairly soon. Uh, a cloth mask set, a two-pack, uh, which, I, you know, one of them is the Soul Cat character. Uh, you know, we have Joel and Mr. Mittens as Soul Cat iPhone case. Uh, there's even a Mr. Mittens with Pizza Slice Funko Pop vinyl fig toy. Uh, and if you, you want to be form, it was, it was. Um, there was a, there's a Soul limited edition pin set, set of six. And of those six pins, two of them are cat related. We got a Mr. Mittens and a Soul Cat. Um, and you know what this all reminds me of? Did you ever see the retail program that was created for uh, Olaf's uh, holiday adventure back in 2017? No, I missed out on that. Okay. Well, I, you know, there is there's the, the wonderful comic song in this holiday special, That Time of Year, which, by the way, Elisa Samuels and Kate Anderson, who is the very talented sister of Kate or excuse me, Kristen Anderson Lopez, uh, who wrote, you know, along with her hu- husband Bobby, wrote the score for the original Frozen and Frozen 2. But anyway, there's, there's literally one line in that time of year, you know, where it, it, it's the couplet that responds to, we knit scarves and sweaters and we wear our matching mittens. And there's, the next line is, don't forget the jammies that I knitted for my kittens. And that was enough. That one line was enough for uh, Disney Consumer Products to create a set of kittens wearing sweaters and mittens plush um, that instantly sold out at Disney stores around the country. This is literally months before the the holiday special first, you know, remember, it ran in, in theaters in front of Coco for like two weeks and then it showed up on ABC. Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, now the only place you can get these, these plush kittens with mittens, again, is eBay, where, you know, they, they the bidding starts anywhere from $11.99 all the way up to $26.99. Um, now, mind you, there are 
some, you know, if you're not a cat enthusiast, uh, I, I swung by our if local Disney store. you're not a cat enthusiast, what is wrong with you? I, Who are you? I, 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 I am a cat support system. You know, this, <laughs> I, you know, you know, that, that's, well, they have you, you know, wrapped around it? their little paws. Well, what is what is the old saying that dogs have owners and cats have staff? <laughs> um, you know, that, that's I am definitely on staff. So, yeah. Um, speaking of but, yeah. speaking of merchandise, this is non Disney, mm-hmm. but uh, I hear you got a flappy fish. Yes, yes. Uh, again, our daughter Alice uh, is always nice to send us the the latest in cat toys and. <laughs> This is a flappy fish, which, by the way, has a, a catnip compartment. So, you know, the the cats attack this thing on the floor as it's, it's you know, again, it mimics the, the behavior of a real fish out of water. And then it's like, I don't understand why I'm so excited, but I can't let go of it. So it's, it's and it's very loud and it's very annoying, which is an, the fine tradition of many things my daughter has given me for, for birthdays and Christmases. Um, anyway, uh, back to Seoul. Uh, went up to the Disney store outlet uh, at the Merrimack Premium Outlets here in New Hampshire. And did uh, want to stress here, did the social distancing thing, did the face mask thing, did the hand sanitizer thing. Um, and they had, they have a limited um adult program they've, they've actually got a wonderful soul woven shirt for men that's very much in the style of the the pixar hawaiian shirts they do for each production oh nice end. um they also have a uh soul pocket tee that has the logo for the half note uh the club that joe you know is is going for his big break as a, a pianist and of course um you know that they they also were offering uh, the Art of Pixar's Soul, um, which uh, I, I, right now they're the making a book is retailing for forty dollars. Uh, mind you, Amazon has the very same book for thirty-four seventy-eight. Uh, it originally went on sale October of this year, and I want to say Barnes and Noble also has it available. But again, they're, they're making you pay full retail. Um, I was I wanted to see if the, there were other folks out there that had. Um, more soul merch. So I actually headed to the Mall of New Hampshire. And again, same thing, you know, social distancing, masks, you know, the hand sanitizer. Uh, and went to Box Lunch, which... Uh, I, are you familiar with this store, Michelle? My friend Tim's wife, Diana, works there in, in Kissimmee. Yeah. Okay. And am I right in describing that it's more of a a family-friendly hot topic. It's Would that like hot topic be... without the emo. Okay, there we go. Um, and but again, they were. By the way, they were taking the COVID thing very seriously as well. They were only allowing uh, ten people into the store at a time. Um, and while I'd heard they had a, a lot of soul stuff, um, they didn't necessarily. I mean, mind you, they they might have sold through a lot of it. Um, but if you go to the box lunch site, that you know they do have uh, a, quite a variety of soul merch, and again, a lot of soul cat stuff. Uh, by the way, box lunch right now is in the middle of its 50% off seasonal sale. Uh, you can arrange for same day in store pickup and get an additional 15% off. But the thing that impressed me about box lunch, Michelle, is they've got a crazy deep bench 
when it comes to Disney products? Yeah, the hot um, item this Christmas, from what I hear, mm-hmm. was the Three Caballeros yep. stuff. Yes, yes, that, that they actually have a Three Caballeros mini backpack from Loungefly. Uh, originally was going to $79, uh, now been marked down 20% for $63.92. Great looking. It's really um, nice as well. But at the same time, they, they, they have the stuff, again, that you typically would find at a Hot Topic. They, they Lilo and Stitch, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Lots of Studio um, Ghibli but, stuff. Yeah, but then it's, you know, I mean, and yeah, you know, that they, they, they do have their gothic moments. In fact, they one of the things I was surprised is they had a number of pieces, Mother Gothel merchandise from Tangled. Um, but they also had Fox and the Hound. They also had a lot of Aristocats and uh, Peter Pan. And, and boy, do they have Star um, Wars. They had a Darth Vader tea set. Uh, like a Japanese tea set. Classical. Mm-hmm, Darth mm-hmm. Vader. And, uh, you know, not going to surprise people to hear... Uh, that they did also have quite a bit of, you know, Mandalorian the Child merch. Uh, but also, uh, you know, in, in fact, I, I, I came within inches of getting some Animal Crossing plush for Alice, which I'd never seen anywhere before. You know, one, um, one thing, sorry, one thing that they, yeah. that they have that Hot Topic doesn't is they have cookware. They had the Pixar mm. slow cooker and the Mickey one, mm. and they had the waffle yes, irons. And yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know... To cook your box again, lunch. It, uh, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you have to... It was... For a Disney fan, it's a, it's a tough store to maintain sales resistance. Um, but at the same time, if we want to talk about sales resistance, uh, going back now to the Disney store outlet uh, up at the Merrimack Premium Outlet Mall, I, when I was in there just this past week, crazy amount of Disneyland 2020 merch. I mean, we're talking hooded sweatshirts, coffee mugs, travel mugs, picture frames, Christmas ornaments, all for pennies on a dollar. Yeah, same same thing at Downtown Disney and at uh, Walt Disney World. Really? Huge discounts on 2020. And uh, already 2021 stuff is starting to appear on the shelves. Wow. Okay. Because that's that's the thing that, that kind of shocked me about uh, box lunch is in in mixed in with you know the uh, again you know the 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 Leo Lynch and the the Nightmare for Christmas and and Fox and the Hound stuff they also had 65th anniversary of Disneyland merch so which again I hadn't seen in you know anywhere except at the parks so but all right anyway so you know, I, I, I have to admit, I, I, I fought hard against the urge to buy a bunch of 2020 Disneyland stuff because I thought, well, it was the year that never was. And it would be kind of cool to own some of this stuff. But I, I you know, couldn't help but notice that it was right next to, you know, the Pixar Onward merch. Uh, and it just it makes me feel bad that film never really got a shot. Merch-wise, I mean, what, it opened on, you know, went into the theaters on March 16th, and, you know, the, what is it, the Disney parks closed on March 14th, uh, and, you know, so, so much reason. Yeah, so, all right, well, looking forward uh, now to uh, 2021, and we'll 
We'll do a bit more of that in the second half of today's show. But um, the Shop Disney and the physical Disney stores are getting ready for their new monthly merchandise uh, collection. And, you know, on previous shows, Michelle, we've talked about, uh, what was it, the Minnie Mouse, the main attraction for 2020. And there was the Disney Wisdom collection for 2019. And before that Uh, was Disney Mickey. Different Mickeys. Go. Okay, can you talk about what's coming for 2021? Hang on to your butts. It's Stitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Stitch crashes Disney. That's all we have right now, right? That well, I, I want to say there was there was a tweet in the UK, and that's how we found out about this. Yeah, or? and we did find find out that it's not limited to just attractions or to mm-hmm. movies as were Minnie and Wisdom. He can mm-hmm. crash anything Disney. So, wow. Okay. like I said, hang um, on to your butts. Okay, okay. Because, I mean, face it, if you remember the original campaign for the, you know, the launch of, you know, Stitch back in, geez, 2002, 2003, uh, they had that wonderful campaign where he... Uh, what inserted himself into Aladdin and what Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, and oh, toilet no, the paper, Little Mermaid. Yeah, toilet paper at the castle yeah. and yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, going to be kind of interesting uh, to see what happens there. Anyway, as I mentioned, folks, uh, we're going to do a little looking back at 2020 and looking ahead to 2021. But first, a quick commercial break. And we're back. Okay, uh, Michelle, we are recording this two days after Christmas, so forgive me for being crass, but what'd you get? What'd you get? I got mostly clothes. I did get a Mickey t-shirt, oh. and Alice got me mm-hmm. some really great uh, tees from Le Pissier in uh, Honolulu. Oh. Okay. But okay. yeah, clothes from Torrid. All right, that's cool. Um, I, I I did try to to get Michelle a well. I, you you had told your daughter you had wanted one thing, which was a Disney Parks, Walt Disney World, Epcot Spaceship Earth glass ornament, uh, which I found on eBay. I placed an order on December first. Uh, I was told it was mailed on December seventh. Uh, mind you. Uh, this item has been listed as acceptance pending by the U.S. Postal System in Orlando for nearly three weeks now. And friends at the post office have basically told me that the one-two punch between uh, the sorting machines that get shut off prior to the election and coupled with staff shortages uh, related to COVID, uh, that it's in, and the fact that the, the U.S. Postal System has just basically been overwhelmed since we've all baked you know, been staying home and ordering things online, uh, that it's entirely possible, Michelle, your ornament is sitting in a trailer outside of a post office waiting to be sorted, uh, and that, well, let's hope we can get it to you by Groundhog Day, okay? Like um, I said, I don't care when it comes, even if it comes in July, I'm going to display it. Okay, all right, well, let's hope it's here before July. So, But thank um, you for the thought. Well, yes, but there's other things I'm thinking about. The seller uh, who, who told me that it would be here by Christmas Day. So, anyway, uh, you worry. wanted to talk about uh, when we were pre-gaming the show that 
you had uh, purchased the copy of the Star Wars book, Expand Your Knowledge of a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Is that right? Yeah, or? I did. It's like it's almost like a kid's encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. In that it has like and the different characters and the different timelines and and different places and droids mm-hmm. and such, and it has uh, three or four paragraphs and usually a picture of the mm-hmm. character. Okay. No, it's 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 definitely almost the equivalent of a a Star Wars textbook, but uh, but again, incredibly yeah, well researched that's, that's and written really by. Great. Yeah, it's like a textbook. Yeah. There you go. But uh, so you know, high praise to uh, Cole Horton, Pablo Hildago, and of course Pablo. Dan Z, the, the the gentleman I you know that, that or I will I've been doing the Lucasfilm uh, looking at Lucasfilm show with. Um, just a quick aside here. Uh, now you you watched season two of The Mandalorian, right? Yes. Okay. All right. And I have to tell you, one of my favorite books of this year is uh, the art of the Mandalorian. It's gorgeous. Uh, I don't have it yet, but I flipped through it, and it's gorgeous. Yep. Uh, written by Phil Sostak. Yes, um, but I, who I follow on I Twitter, also, and he is a genius artist. Well, it, it, it's it's a really beautiful, you know, coffee table book. Um, but that said, I, I gotta tell you, I'm kind of turned off by how much child merchandise is out there this year. Yeah, it's a bit I mean, much. Think about, yeah, I mean, think about it. Last year, literally last year, if you wanted something. With the child on it, you had to settle for. Wasn't the first item the phone socks? case? Oh, there we go. Yeah, the phone case, the socks, um, and and now it's. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, um, I, I I will say this much though that that a Nancy found a, a you know a, a a kind of a pillow of the child plush. And we gave it to uh, her new uh, grand nephew, uh, Abraham. And we were watching on Zoom as this kid basically lost his mind. You know, Christmas stopped when, you know, the child showed up. So, again, there's clearly a crowd out there that, that loves this character. But it's just sort of like, it's like, okay, we're full now. You can you can make other characters. They're going to nightmare before Christmas it if they're not mm. careful. This is true. Okay, and as long as we're plugging books for you know uh, the folks who, who work for the Jim Hill Media Podcast, I would be remiss if we don't mention Drew Terlicker's wonderful Art of Pictures Onward, uh, which is a film. I, again, I know everyone's talking about Soul, but uh, Onward also is a great film. Um, I and saw while, it. As, it, as a, it is. I mean, I just watched it on my iMac, but mm. it was enough. Okay. Now, uh, as long as we're recommending books, um, I, you know that my favorite of the books I received this season uh, I got from my lovely sister-in-law Kathy Moore, and this was Holiday Magic of the Disney Parks: A Celebration <sighs> Around the World from Fall to Winter. Um, this one is a beast, folks. I'm, I'm just gonna—it's 384 pages. Uh, beautifully researched and photographed by Graham Allen, Rebecca Klein, and Yay. Charlie Price. Um, I'm a big fan but, of yeah, Rebecca it, Klein. There, as am I. 
Now, mind you, a little pricey. Uh, kind of retails for sixty dollars. Uh, I want to say Amazon at the moment has a fifty-four. Uh, on the other hand, if you and 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 the, what's I, I want to start say what's really great about this book is it's not just Halloween and uh, you know at, at Christmas at the parks. Uh, in fact, I, I, I want to say it's Becky that actually drives this. Becky actually chased down photographs of when they used to do uh, a Thanksgiving celebration at the Plantation House at Disneyland. The, the you know that that setup that pre basically predated New Orleans Square, and they, she has these wonderful photographs of of cast members at, uh, uh, from the time uh, dressed up as Lady Pilgrim serving the feast at the uh, at the restaurant. Um, they also have some amazing footage of when they did, again, in the fall, uh, a Pop Warner celebration out in Holiday Land. Uh, and, and Moochie actually showed up, you know, uh, you know, uh, Cochran, uh, you know, uh, Kevin. blank in his name, Kevin Cochran. Okay. Uh, and on the other hand, if you, you want a somewhat narrowly focused book, uh, the Disney Monorail, Imagineering a Highway in the Sky, from Jeff Curdy, Vanessa Hunt, and Paul Wolski. Yeah, um, uh, I'm a big Jeff Curdy fan, so mm -hmm. yeah, I saw okay. I saw the book at uh, Barnes and Noble, and it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. it's not gonna weigh you down like a big coffee table book. It's mm -hmm. it's about as tall as the palm of my hand. Mm -hmm. um, it's and it's like a menu. But it's chock well, full of stuff. It's no, so absolutely. full. And, I, and right up to date, more to the point. I mean, the book actually ends with describing uh, the monorail-based experience uh, that will be featured in the Play Pavilion at Epcot in the old Wonders of Life. Uh, you know, build. You know, the the, <laughs> the the rounded building that used to be in. Of course, I you know. I wonder. Given the nine hundred million dollars worth of capital expenditure that get paused to the parks, I wonder when we're actually going to see the play pavilion open. Um, and and finally, I, I know we've talked about this book a lot on the show, and largely, again, let's be honest here, Michelle, it really is the best book of two thousand nineteen. Uh, but the Mark Davis, in his own words, imagining oh, yeah. the Disney theme parks. Oh yeah, uh, this. Two volume set used to be one hundred and fifty dollars, is now seventy nine ninety nine over uh, at Amazon. If so you didn't get, you for, gotta, get it for Christmas, go buy it. Yeah, that's it exactly. Um, you know, go go pull out those gift cards and, and get yourself a copy. All right. So and yeah, um, um, one, Michelle, one more thing about the holiday book. Mm -hmm. There is yep. a I don't know if it's a companion series, but it seemed to be a companion series decorating Disney. Holiday Magic on Disney Plus hmm. that I watched. Oh, okay. I had not seen that. I'll have to chase that down. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of recommendations by Michelle, um, you were talking as we were pre-gaming that you wanted to talk up Disney Fan Magazine. Yes, Disney Fan Magazine. You can get it on eBay or you can get it on Amazon. And it's a monthly... Uh, Disney Parks fan magazine for uh, Disney fans in Japan. Okay. And I, now monthly, quarterly, what is it? Monthly. Okay. And this month um, was adorable. The, it's got a 
frozen window with uh, snow on the sills, and <clears throat> Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Um, it just inside the window, looking out at you. Well, looking out at the snow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Definitely. Well, you know, and it's it's crazy up to date, right? I mean, it's crazy now, it up to date. Um, mm-hmm. But lately, since they haven't had a lot of new things to write about, they've been going mm-hmm. back and revisiting pretty much every attraction in the parks. Mm-hmm. But the the new uh, Arendelle is going to open soon, and oh, their Beauty right. and the that's Beast right. area just opened. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. every month there are new popcorn buckets, there are new dishes, there are new uh, merchandise, and it's just got pages and pages and pages of mm-hmm. this stuff, uh, along with the prices. So you can pick out what you want from the magazine. You know exactly what shop to go to. You know exactly Mm. how much it's going to cost. So you show up, the park's crowded, you go to the store, you get what you want, and then you go have fun with it. Wow. Okay. Sounds like a great tool. Um, I I have to admit, you know, I've been, you know, especially during quarantine, doing the Disney-related magazine thing myself. Uh, But I've been kind of going in the other direction rather than... You know, uh, you know, uh, current information about the Tokyo Disney Resort and the two parks there and the hotels. Um, I've actually gone back to the mothership, so to speak. I've, I've begun uh, chasing down old Disneyland lines on eBay, uh, trying to fill out my reference library. I, you know, I, I already had a pretty solid collection for the 1990s, 2000s, and 2010s. Up, you know, then of course it's been a while now since they've. They've done a new issue, but I'm hoping that, you know, that starts up again soon. Uh, But lately, I've been concentrating on chasing down Disneyland lines from the 1980s and 1970s. And um, I just bought some issues from 1982, which is what's weird is that you page through these, Michelle's. You're you're getting real-time coverage of the new Fantasyland project. Well, again, new then. Uh, you know that, that it was being built, um, and one of the things they talk about is uh, Snow White's Adventures. The um, you know that attraction opened initially, opening day attraction at Disneyland, July seventeenth, uh, nineteen fifty-five. And uh, the thing I find hilarious is that you know if you think about it, so <laughs> all of these kids for generations are 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 frightened by the witch. The you know, and in fact, wasn't the joke. Uh, that Snow White and the, the Seven Hatch Witches. Witches. Yes, that's David exactly. Mumford told me right. that one. There you go. Okay, and but it's only, only in the seven or seventy-eight, twenty years, three years after the attraction first opens, that they finally put that sign outside the attraction that says "Beware the Wicked Witch." Right. Uh, which, by, by the way, the sign read "Beware the Wicked Witch." This attraction contains scenes in which the witch appears. Small children may be frightened. Um. But, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, uh, so the original Disneyland version of Snow White's Adventures closes on December 20th, 1981, uh, which, by the way, makes no sense to me in modern day Disney theme park operations. Why? Why? Why would you close that the week before Christmas when you have your biggest crowds? Wouldn't it have made sense to wait till even January 2nd? Yeah, you got a point. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. Snow White's Scary Adventures opens in May 25th, 1983. And I'm sure in your conversations with David, he talked about how, you know, they, they created this entire visual language outside of the attraction to underline, circle, and indent. By the way, kids, this is a scary ride. Um, you know, the, what is it? The First, they added, what, the fiberglass ravens around the... The, the rim of the Queen's Tower, and then there was... The a, raven standing uh, on the skulls, one of whom made its way to the Adventurers Club. No, two. Oh, two made its way. I did not. On, on either side of the bar. But the uh, skulls became shrunken that. heads, and the oh. ravens became wild birds. I, geez. They just dressed over went, it. I only went there a couple of hundred times. I never noticed that. Oy. Um, but again, the fiberglass ravens around the base of the Queen's Tower, and then we have the Queen peeking out behind the curtain every minute or so, which, by the way, folks... And the name. That gang... Hmm? The name. There we go. Snow White's Scary Adventures. Yeah. But no, the witch... Uh, and, and what about the witch? What about the witch? Peeking out every couple of seconds. Well, I, you know, just for me, I, I you know, I, I, I want to say that... You know, Universal fans make such a big deal about, you know, a 12 Grimaldi place at, you know, Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley, you know, which has creature looking out, and you know, the curtain opens and there's creature, and it's like, yeah, that's a wonderful gag. 31 years ago, Disney did it. You know, just sort of, you know, just, you know, nothing different. Um, but but at the same time, wasn't it David who told the story about they, they kind of did their job too well? Because did, didn't you... In the original version from 83, didn't you actually enter the ride through the witch's dungeon? Yeah, you did. And there was an apple, and if you placed your hand on, on it, uh, you'd get a cackle from the yeah, witch. Yeah, and, and wasn't there like a skeleton reaching yeah. out of a... Yeah, ugh. out of a and, giant you know, birdcage. But this is the thing. Poor, you know, that that so for years, the cast members who who worked this attraction... They'd get poor little kids who'd make it as far as the, you know, the skeleton of the dungeon, and they'd freak out, and they'd have to figure out a way to step out of line. And usually, again, it's it's got a very long line, so you're you're pushing against the current to get your now freaked out child, you know, out. And so here's poor <laughs> Kim Irvine, you know, uh, you know, you know, executive creative director of Walt Disney Imagineering, and she's the one who's got to go in and and. And this is the thing. I mean, I, I think you were commenting about this on Twitter, Michelle, about, um, you know, I mean, face it, this, if we're talking about this, this particular fantasy land attraction or fantasy land attractions in general, they're supposed to be fun for four-year-olds, not 40-year-old Disney enthusiasts. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing. When you look online, it's all, the, you know, it, it's once again... The people who are complaining about Snow White's Scary Adventure getting changed to this Snow White's Enchanted This was one of the opening days, day attractions. How dare they do this? Walt is rolling in his urn. This is yeah. the end of Disney. Yeah. yeah, it's it's again, folks. It's not a drive-through window dead. at the Vatican. Yeah. Um, no, this is just in a weird sort of way. This reminds me of the small world redo controversy from 2008. Um, I mean, remember, you know, back then when it was announced they were going to put Disney characters in small world, 
which, by the way, had already been done at that point uh, for the small world that had been created for Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there were Disney fans who, who treated it like it was they were spitting on the flag, and they called for you know Cameravine to get fired. In fact, I, I want to say Marty they, actually they had did to, that over the the Club Thirty Three unbalanced window too. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I, you know, but the, the irony, of course, is that they make all this noise. And I, I remember at one point, uh, you and I actually got involved because we mentioned that wasn't it? I, didn't Alice Davis support what Kim was doing wholeheartedly? And yeah. They were Disney Disney fans who then went after Alice Davis. You know, this Disney legend who, by the way, worked on the original Small Yeah, World. you don't mess with you Alice know. Davis. Yeah, but it's just sort of like, you know, and, and again, that just gave you some idea of how crazy the fans were. And, you know, so everybody complained right up to the moment that, you know, in 2009, when, you know, in February of 2009, when Disneyland's, you know, you know with Disney characters' version of Small World opens and everyone goes on it, rides it, goes, oh, this is fine, never mind. You know, it just... Ugh. You know, th- those sorts of Disney fans make me crazy. Well, have you so. have you heard? Oh, it's a giant taco for the for the harmonious barge, the thing that's going to be the water feature. Yeah, it's um, it's the giant taco of death, and Imagineering is dead again. Well, you know, and in fact, what's kind of interesting, I don't know if if um, you, know, you saw this when it was happening earlier this summer. I mean, I had a friend in entertainment at Walt Disney World who actually talked about why they were bringing, uh, you know, this chunk of the harmonious barge out. You know, there was a plan initially that it would be used uh, to present like a holiday light show on, mm-hmm. you know, that they would, you know, and in fact, in a weird sort of way, it was going to help with sort of a test and adjust. I mean, mind you, there's this, you know, I'm sure you've seen the backstage photographs that there's several other, you know, giant barges that have to come out and join the mothership, so to speak. Right. Uh, you know, for the, for the final version that, you know, we'll get to see next spring or thereabouts. Uh, but this, you know, but again, there, there, there were people like, you know, how dare they, you know, bring this thing out and ruin, you know, a World Showcase Lagoon at Epcot. And it's just sort of like... Italy anymore. Italy doesn't exist. And, well, it's... <laughs> First of all, it's you think not I'm really kidding. Italy. You, you think know, I'm kidding. I know. Well, you know, I, I, again, you know, that there's, what is the old cliche? I think, I, I think my, my father used to say this, that, it, you know, the, he would complain if he was hung with a new rope. Um, <laughs> you know, just sort of, it's just, it's one of these things. Some people, it's just, you know, they, they have a blue bit or a black belt and complaining. And it's just sort of like, what? Whatever's new is terrible until they experience, and then it's wonderful. So, um, I'll you know again expect this sort of level of you know, of bitching and moaning to continue uh, until the spring of two thousand twenty-one, when Harmonious finally gets up and running, and people get to see this spectacular lagoon show, or more to the point, when they come into the park and see it. You know, during the day when it's this, you know, I mean, amazing fountain. Uh, you know, amazing they say water how feature. They miss illuminations. Well, that wasn't the real illuminations. The real illuminations was just plain illuminations. That was room mm. illuminations refle- reflections of Earth, and it was boring. And 
some point in the future, we'll have to talk about the show. Uh, what is it? Carnival de Lumiere? Was that the, the very first one I they did? I think so, there? yeah. And then Laserphonic mm. Fantasy. There followed. we go. There we go. Okay, future shows, folks. We'll get to those at some point. Uh, in the meantime, Michelle, if uh, you know the folks want to hear more of your stories, or you know, uh, where can they find you online? What are you up to these days? I'm uh, writing a piece about Imagineering for Mice Chat right now, and oh, uh, cool. Uh, Alice and I usually do Pink Monorail, but she's working on her stream now, so I'm gonna try and find a co-host for Pink Monorail. Oh, well, all right. Good luck with that. Thanks. Uh, let's see. On my side of the fence, uh, we, of course, have uh, Disney Dish with Len Tester. Uh, we have uh, Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor. Uh, we've got Marvel Us Disney, the podcast they do with Aaron Adams, the gentleman who does a lot of the editing of the podcast here. Uh, we got one more looking at Lucasfilm that I'm doing with Dan Z. We'll be recording that this week before Dan heads off. Uh, and, of course, we have a universal joint with Dustin Fuse. I'll be doing a brand new episode with him uh, for that show later this week. So uh, lots of fun stuff headed your way, folks. Uh, tell you what, if you could do myself and Michelle a favor here, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review uh, the show you just listened to here, I want that. Uh, likewise, if you really, really enjoyed what you hear, heard here, if you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, well, that's what makes it possible to to buy the <laughs> the sixty dollar holiday magic books, you know, that that or, or the like. Uh, let's see. Uh, now you're on social media, aren't you, Michelle? Yes, I am. I'm at Pink Monorail. Okay. Uh, and is that uh facebook twitter uh, that's uh, twitter it, and instagram and then on facebook oh. i'm at fab shelley okay well uh nancy would make, like me to remind you folks that uh again if you you want to find us on twitter or instagram uh that's jim hill media and over on facebook that's jim hill media news and i guess that's gonna do it for i want that for 2020 but folks we will be back with a brand new show early in 2021 so again uh thanks for being patient with us and michelle and i will be back soon bye